Hey everyone, I'm Gabrielle Santiago and welcome to Living Revelations Podcast. We're here to help you find God real in everyday life. We will be talking about how to hear from God, how to have a relationship with Him, and what it looks like to walk into your God-given purpose as you do life with God. I want to invite you to take life a step at a time closer to Christ with us. This is Finding God Real in Everyday Life. Living on mission, you know, I was thinking about a title for this. It's like living on a mission, living on mission. But the reality is, is that God calls us into this lifestyle, right? It's not just, you know, Western culture would have it that once we graduate with our bachelor's degree, then we can go and get into the workforce, into a 40-hour work week and whatnot, and then we're, we're starting off Monday. Eventually, the joys of, of life, the joys of a new job and new people, new career are super duper exciting. Suddenly, it begins to taper. It begins to wane. And then Monday becomes the manic Mondays. And you're looking forward to Friday or Fridays so that then you can enjoy the weekend. And that's just not how our creator created this whole thing. It's, it's just not. And so... Living on mission requires us to live according to a different standard, and that standard is Christ. And now this sounds a little bit, you know, cliched or, or overused because we're like, oh, we got to walk like Jesus, got to walk like Jesus, got to talk like Jesus. And, and and when we say that, if we don't do our due diligence in figuring out what exactly does that mean, you know, peering over the scriptures, looking over the life of Jesus and what he did, how he handled things, how he spoke, how he interacted with his disciples and those around him. If we do that, then we can begin to have a proper understanding and yield our lives into the biblical measure of what it looks like to live on mission, to live on this mission that is the commission that he's given us which is obviously the ministry of reconciliation. But most of all, it's the greatest commandment is to love him above all those things. We got to get it right. We got to get the first thing first is love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love our, our neighbor as ourself. But um, I, I want to do a brief recap because I think today when we heard Gabby speaking on such a wonderful message, really, of, of, of calling uh, ourselves, God calling us to shine for his glory and that looking like something, looking like purifying, uh, stripping away, um, getting rid of the things that defile, uh, then going into Harry's message as well of uncovering the potential, the, the, the fulfillment of what God has already instilled in you and then taking that out, really living out your purpose and what does that look like. Then going into Scott's message and Lonnie and Derek, we can agree that as even Derek so spoke eloquently about things being in part, if we were to take each message today and join them together, we would find the evidence that that scripture in Ephesians talking about all of us doing our part together to the edifying of the church so that we may grow into the perfect stature of Christ. You would gladly say, I would hope that it accomplished that. Not that we were seeking to do that. Thought it was pretty exciting when we all met together for prayer and then talked about, hey, so what's God's putting in your heart? And then just to see the unity and the common thread through it all enabled us to have such an excitement about 
what God is doing and what God wants to do with you guys, especially in this conference. Um, and so that's just a little precursor into the message today of living on mission. And so living on mission, let's look at the one, Jesus Christ, because I want to start off with this amazing verse that I feel not many people know, but it's, it's bewildering to me because of the reality that this verse packs so much. And so John 21, verse 25, the last verse of John 21, and there are also many other things that Jesus did. Now, this is John, the beloved, the disciple, speaking of this reality, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. It's a powerful verse. Guys, imagine this entire structure right here. Now, I'm an avid book reader. I enjoy reading books. I read and finish like two books, two to three books a month. And it's exciting for me, learning, gleaning from different perspectives, both spiritual and business. Um, and it's just a joy. Um, and one of the things that I realize is if I were to stack the books that I read in a year, it would probably would probably reach up to here, right? And, and that just covers this little, like, space, depending on the book. And I'm talking about, like, you know, I'm not talking about, like, scholastic books and, and, and all that stuff. So how many words and pages do you think would fill up that amount of books? You, anyone just guess a number, throw something out there. Right. You can't, you can't think about it, right? Because some books that we read have like 500 pages. Now, what John is saying here is that if it were written one by one, the things that Jesus did, I suppose that even the world itself cannot contain the books that would be written. And so what he's saying here is that my year's worth of reading of a book, Jesus did so much by the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you to accomplish the work of God that, that is already within you because you are his workmanship. What he's saying is that if you take that and you multiply that, right, because this room is massive, and then more, because this is not the whole world, that's what Jesus accomplished. And so why do I start off this way? I start off this way because living on mission requires us to take proper account of our time. And so you guys probably throughout this entire message, um, throughout the entire conference, have gotten to a place of, wow, God, thank you so much for what you're doing. Some of you guys have answers. Some of you guys have breakthrough. Um, and after you leave the conference, you might go get some fancy dinner, you know, reward yourself for being here on this conference. And then you begin to act upon the things that you've learned. But then somewhere, discouragement sets in or any other enemy of potential. And could be sin, could be disobedience to God. And then suddenly, you begin to go back down. It's not going to happen. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but there's the potential of that happening. And it, it would be wrong of me to close this conference without giving a proper admonition, a warning, and an encouragement at the same time of what it is 
that you guys are powerful enough to do after you leave this place. And so Jesus obviously was one of the most productive men of all time. He, without argument, he was the most productive man of all time. Why? Because he lived on mission. Every day was a day for him to look at his father and see what he's doing. And so he did. To hear what the father is saying. And so he spoke and did according to what he heard and what he saw. And that's the type of lifestyle that we're to to take. But that kind of lifestyle doesn't just come by happenstance. This kind of lifestyle can only come by purposeful living, by choosing every day to do what Romans 12, 1 to 2 says, is to, because of God's mercies and him saving us, we get to now lay our lives down and say, God, here I am. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. Of course, you can have my life. This is yours. Every single day, however, not just a one-time thing, but every single day, laying it down at his feet so that what? Well, first off, that's considered true and proper worship to the Lord. And then verse 2 is amazing. It says then to be conformed, not unto the things of this world, but the patterns of the kingdom, to heavenly patterns, to looking at Jesus And by doing so, we get to renew our minds. You see, when we're saved, we're still having a mindset that isn't necessarily aligned to the things of the kingdom because there's still a learning process that we have to adhere to. Now, some get there faster than others, and that's okay if if, if I'm a little bit on the slower side. But praise God that as we enter in, we begin to now see, wow, Lord, We're going to have to give an account one day. You're going to come back. And if I don't steward properly the things that you've given me, it's, although I'm going to be saved, according to 1 Corinthians, um, I think, what, 9? No, not 9. Forget where exactly, but it talks about how there's, there's going to be things, you know, tried by fire. And the things that are built on the proper foundation of Christ that are done in his will, those things are going to be uh, not burned off. They're going to be like precious gemstones and all these things. But then those things that are not, they're going to burn away. But nevertheless, the person shall be saved, though through fire. Now, <laughs> it's, it's a hard message. Michael, why in the world are you talking about this? Well, this is the reality that we live in. And Gabby touched a little bit upon it regarding Babylon, regarding the state of the world that we're in. With advertisements vying for your attention, you can look anywhere and you begin to see things that you may be drawn into. But the reality is that only he is the affections and the attention by which we should be eating up. We should be affected by and to live on a mission requires us to do just that. So living on mission requires a right mindset which is a proper view of God through the laying of our lives down. It requires God's vision for your life, not your vision, but his vision and discipline and work for us to redeem the times. It would be wrong for me to not speak about laziness and discipline because the reality is, is that when the excitement begins to taper off, then we begin to be a little bit more lackadaisical in the things that we're supposed to be diligent in. And God would not have you do that. There's many Proverbs that talk about the, the, 
the the, the lazy, they're they're it's it they're gonna end up being poor. It's just it's just it's just the reality that we have to work. That without work, we can never fulfill the potential in our lives because it takes work for that to come out. It takes work for gold hidden under tons of dirt to be unearthed. And then suddenly, guess what? Incredible value is found there. And there's incredible value in each and every one of you, but it requires you guys to have the proper mindset, proper view of God, God's vision for your life, and a proper way of discipline and work, meaning that you're not lazy, but you're redeeming your times. And so I wanted to share with you a brief story of mine. So I grew up playing a lot of video games. I don't know about you guys, but I really enjoyed role-playing games um, and I really and, and fighting games, and I really enjoyed uh, playing with friends. And there was this game called Monster Hunter, one of my favorite, came back in the day in the PS2 when online was starting to become a thing outside of computers, and I had a little portable system called the PSP. But, you know, it's, it's, I'm dating myself now here. But with this PSP, you can connect with other players around you in your vicinity, up to four players for this game. And so I thought, ooh, gonna have a ball. Every time we get together, we're gonna play this game. Now, I didn't realize, however, how much of a time sink, and by time sink, I just mean how much of an investment I would have to make to this game in order to make considerable progress and to enjoy the game with my friends. Because if I don't invest my time in there, I'm going to be the weakest person in the whole team. And I ain't trying to go like that. I'm trying to be the strongest. And so, <laughs> sorry. So what would end up happening and occurring is that when you, when you play that game, you have to load your character. And it tells you your playtime. How long have you played this game? One day, I loaded it up, and it was just shy of above 1,000 hours. So just to put it into perspective, it's just one game out of the multitudes that I've played from birth till that point in time. 1,000 hours, you can equate that to six months and one week of full-time work. Imagine that. Think of yourselves in your career and think of yourselves doing that for six months and one week, 40 hours a week, giving yourself to this game. Now, you may not have that story with a game. You might have that story with streaming applications like Netflix, YouTube, Hulu. You might have it with social media comments. You might have it with something else that should not be grabbing your attention, but you've allowed yourself to be bought by those things instead of living on a mission. And when I saw these thousand hours, I thought, man, six months and one week of full-time work? That could have been me learning a new instrument and, and being proficient enough to start my own studio, teach people, make money in the process. You know, that could have been me working on art, mastering acrylic painting. And I say mastering in the sense of improving greatly, especially if you've been given a thousand hours. I would, I would dare to say in that everyone here would agree if I gave you 1,000 hours, but, it didn't, but you didn't have to experience the six months, you guys would agree to say you're going to use something productive to use those 1,000 hours in. 
do, do I, is there an agreement here? Right, we don't think that we're going to squander it and be bad stewards of it. But the reality is, is that because the way and the conduct of this world, it so easily creeps in. And so I don't know about you guys, but I don't know about Android. I think Android already does this, but I don't know. I got an iPhone. So for an iPhone, it has screen time. And so I don't know if you guys have ever seen your time, your saved file in this case, on your screen time. And if not, I would challenge you to look at it. Not now, because you got to listen. But afterwards, I would challenge you. If you have a spouse, look at your spouse and say, hey, let's see our screen time. Let's see how much time we're spending on things that just don't add any value. Because we have to live on a mission. And so for us to live on a mission and have a right mindset and a proper view of God means that because we're going to give an account one day, we have to take account of the time that we're spending and properly stewarding that time. Now, if you're working a 40-hour work week, praise God, I did that too before starting my own business. And I enjoyed it. And I made the most of it. But I had an issue too, where then after the 40-hour work week, I would just get on the couch at home, watch TV, play video games, and then I would wait for the next day to start work again and think that that's productive when the reality is it's just giving me a paycheck. But I could do so much more. Because Ecclesiastes also talks about Sowing seed, casting bread into the water, sowing seed from morning and then at nighttime, letting not our hands be idle. What does that mean? It means to not be lazy. It means to find something to do. And in so doing, you don't know what's going to return a profit because it could be this or it could be that. But that's how God would have us to live. We weren't meant to just be lazy. With, and, and I say this as a challenge because some of you may be thinking, well, I'm not lazy. Yeah, I sit on a couch after I work, but your boy ain't lazy. I worked hard. Well, the reality is, is that like what Harry was saying, God has a meter of success based on the potential that you have. And so if your potential was 100A, but you only scored a 99, you, you did great. But you didn't reach the best. Now, is God displeased with the 99? I think the 99 is still amazing. You're, 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 but, but it has to come to you and your conviction. Can you give it your all? Because if we're living with Jesus and walking with him, it requires our everything. Does it not? Does it require us to surrender onto him? And it, and it does. And so I'm, I'm calling you guys to greater than myself because as you heard in the panel talk, I was not this way. I squandered my time still with these video games, even as a Christian, to the effect that I couldn't pay for the marriage. I brought in negative income for Gabby to pay and God had to soften her heart in that regard and not to be bitter towards me, although she had every right to be. I wasn't a provider. I wasn't living the way that I should have been living, but praise God that I don't have to live in shame or condemnation because when I repent, now I'm turned into something else. Now 
I say this to you now because you have an opportunity now to do that if that's what you're doing, to repent and to then give your life onto him and be a proper steward of your gifts and talents and things that he's given you. You don't want to be forced into it. I was forced into that. I had to make a decision and say, well, if I don't do this, like my marriage can be rocky. And if it's rocky, things are, you know, things can go can go really sour. I have a calling as a as a husband and an eventual father. I need to get things straightened out now. But the thing is, is that when something is forced upon you, you haven't learned the proper disciplines and the and the joy and the excitement for those things to occur. And so it can be difficult to actually go through with it, unless, of course. You're walking by faith and leaning on God's grace to get you through and praise God. He did that for me and he can do that for you. But how amazing would it be if you weren't in that tough situation? And yet you still discipline yourself in such a way so that you would not have to wait until you have the opportunity to either be homeless or pay your bill. But had you sown in the right season, that bill would have been paid and you would not have been homeless. And that's a sobering reality. And so we have to have the right view of God. We have to have the right mindset. Jesus didn't spend his time just being lazy. Sure, there was fun activities here and there to be had with his disciples. I'm sure there had to be fun times with laughter, but there was always a mission. It was always an assignment from God because he was looking towards his father. And that's how we ought to position our lives to live. And so with that said, once you have this, once you have this right mindset, now your heart posture is saying, well, God, I just want to obey you. I just want to follow you. Lord, teach me. And so as you read the word, you begin to apply those things and be diligent with the affairs of your life. And in so doing, you come to a point when you say, well, God, what's your vision for my life? And once we get there and he shares the vision and not your vision, don't confuse it with your vision. You might have likes and dislikes on things. But if God says, God called my wife to not go for her master's degree for marketing. That would have been really good for her, according to the ways of the world. But according to God, it would have set her back $43,000 because the reality is that she would not end up using her master's degree because God had a different plan had a different vision for her life, and she had to adopt that into her life. And so I ask you this, are you going by your vision? Are you adopting God's vision for your life? You see, to gain his vision is by laying at his feet. You see, Mary and Martha, Martha served, which is not wrong. We we are to serve the Lord. But Mary did that good and perfect thing, which was simply to lay at Jesus' feet and hear his word, to pour out her love upon him and hear his word. I think we need to do that, to humble ourselves and surrender and say, Jesus, here I am. I'm going to lay at your feet and I'm going to hear your word. And that may look like you posturing yourself on the floor and 30 minutes go by and there's nothing. But then if you linger still, You may get a little nugget here. You may get a little nugget there. And as you continue this lifestyle of just 
lovesickness for the Lord, a love for him to walk with him as Enoch walked with God, as Noah walked with God. I mean, Enoch so walked with God that he was taken up. God took him. It's a beautiful thing. And even Hebrews 11 talks about faith. And it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. For we are to diligently seek him and believe that he is who he is. And guess what? The testimony of Enoch, Enoch pleased God. Why? He lived the lifestyle of faith. Now, I think it was amazing because the 65 years he had a son, Methuselah, which theologians say that Methuselah's name actually means like, uh, like when I die, judgment. And, and, and when he dies, the flood. It's the same year of the flood. And it says that after Methuselah was born, then it says Enoch then walked with God for 300 years. And then he was taken up. So Enoch must have had a revelation of God, a divine vision so as to walk with him for that kind of description to be placed there and for him to even name his son Methuselah. And so if it takes us to lay at his feet for his vision for our lives, guys, it's never wasted time. It's not wasted time because he can redeem the times. And so once you have God's vision for your life, it's going to take discipline and work. And so this, the subject of work and discipline you know, I might get a little arrow shot at me because nowadays it's, you know, people talk about, yeah, I'm living on unemployment. It's amazing. I got unemployment for like eight weeks or five months or something. Praise God that the government could, could do those things. But, but that's not how we're supposed to be living. We're not supposed to be living like, oh, well, I got unemployment, so your boys is going to sit here, put on Disney Plus, watch my series, and I'm good. That's not how we're supposed to live. We're called to live missionally minded. We're called to live according to biblical urgency, knowing that God is coming soon. So how can I utilize my life with God's vision for it so that I can do what can be done for the Father to have opportunity all the more, because he's the one that draws them. But he's, he's, he's looking for people that are found faithful to go out into the harvest field. The laborers to do that. But how can we be called laborers if we don't labor? If we're settling for unemployment, if we're settling for these other things, how can we do that when those, in, in those words... There's a lack of labor because there is no laboring in that. And so Ephesians 5.16 says to not be, you know, drunken with wine, which is debauchery, but to be filled with the Spirit. To know the will of God, not to be fools. We are to know the will of God. If someone says, I don't know God's will for my life. Well, hey, we've got the logos, which is the word. The word has and the 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 his will on the paper, but there's also his rhema word as well. And that comes by us listening to the Lord, laying at his feet. And then God can use community. God can use other people. He can speak through visions and through dreams. And then we take those things and then we live it out. And then we obey, we respond in obedience. And so Jesus did this so magnificently well that when we revisit John 21, verse 25, there, I suppose, 
that there would not be enough space in the whole world to fill up with books of all the things that Jesus did. And if we know the time of Jesus' ministry, started at 30, well, I think it was, what, three and a half years? Three and a half years. Three, three and a half years for that. And so as I conclude this message, I want to ask you this. How much space will your life produce as far as the books go? How many books are already written for your life? And it's not too late to take the pen and the paper and to begin to produce. It's not too late. This is why you're here. This is why this message is being spoken so that you can actually begin to take the time to repent, which means to turn away from and turn onto, to, to look away from the sin, to look away from the misproper use of time and say, Jesus, I need your help. I want to be like you. I want to be as productive as you were without sacrificing family or my children. And so Jesus embodied these keys for living on a mission so much that this was the description that was given of him by the disciple whom he loved, the disciple who penned the book of Revelation, just phenomenal. And the story of, you know, the theologians and all this talking about how he survived being burned in oil. I don't know about you guys, but if you're cooking and you get burned with oil, that can leave a scar. And this man survived and then had an amazing vision of the Lord in the Isle of Patmos. And we get to benefit from it with this wonderful book called Revelation, which if we were to read that every week, oh, we would be so sobered up that we would say, Lord, you're coming back for an account. And I don't want my account to be empty. I want to be like the one person that you gave one minus to, and I turned it to 10 minus. And the king said, faithful steward, you've been faithful with little. I know that you'll be faithful with much. Here's 10 cities. I want to be that person that the Lord gave five talents to. And then I made double that and gave 10 talents. I could be the third one, the, the, the one that also had three talents too. I'm not saying that, but why settle for that when I can settle for a greater? And so I encourage you guys and challenge you guys to greater because I do witness that as I look through this room, there is a massive amount of potential of gold hidden within you guys. And some of you guys may be in later stages than others. Some of the gold has already been poured out so much so that you guys are doing something with it and praise God that you are. But I encourage you, don't. Let the flame dwindle. Keep burning. Surround yourself with a community of people, of like-minded individuals that are also burning so that your burn can burn them. And then there's just an endless burning of fire. It's just, yeah, I'm trying to get the picture to you guys. Like, just, just burn. And if you're not there, and if you're still trying to discover, lay at his feet. And it's so simple, guys. I'm sorry, online audience, if you can't quite see this, but it's just like you can literally, as an act of faith and proclamation, just lay at your knees. If you can't do that, we're going to pray for your healing. But you don't need to just do this either. You can just lay completely prostrate on the floor. 
And just say, Jesus, I need you. I want to be like Mary, sitting at your feet and hearing your word. God, I don't want to go away without a touch, without a touch from you. I don't want to go away without listening in to hear what it is that you have to say. Because when you say it, peace comes in. Your spirit floods my life and love and adoration and this joy overwhelming begins to permeate the room, saturates my body. And then it feels like fountains of living water are being opened forth from my belly. And it's a wonderful feeling, so much so that then when we rise up, we get to do the things of God throughout the day, walking with him throughout the day, because Jesus even sought the Father throughout the day and often went to the wilderness, to places of solitude to be with him. And then we do it again and again. And it's this never-ending adventure, because then we're going to be in eternity with him. Gen Z is the least religious generation, followed by millennials. More than ever does this generation need a revelation of Jesus. And those who are currently believers need to be equipped with the Word of God in their daily lives. Our mission at Living Revelations is to help others find God real in everyday life through blogs, podcasts, media, online Bible studies, and conferences. Every single day, we are impacting lives. We are committed to planting seeds in the hearts of the next generation. Just as planting a seed helps a plant grow, we are planting seeds worldwide to help people grow in the Lord. We want to help others stay rooted in Jesus so their lives would bear fruit for others to taste and see His goodness. Here are some of the seeds we've planted around the world. Hi, my name is Taylor. My name is Clara. Hi, I'm Kathy. My name is Iridia. Revelations has sown a seed in my life by just being a community. By first bringing a community that's kind of just all over the world, getting to be surrounded by such a community with like people who have such a fire for the Lord. The Lord really put me into a place of faith and showing me what it really means to serve Him. I have been so blessed to get so close to a couple of the girls that are in the community. I grew up in the church, but I wasn't really living my life the way I am now for the Lord. I'm just so thankful that we're all able to pray together, worship together, read the Word together, study together. Living Revelation has also helped me to zone in to the calling that God has over my life. I'm very much planted and I'm, I feel God really just um, bringing me to different uh, levels in my life. I hope that you can all also feel like the same kind of uh, blessing and help through a Living Revelations or even through Gabby. So. Thank you so much. We have seen the greatest transformation in the girls we disciple through our online Bible studies. Our online Bible study is a place where we dive deep into the Word, learn how to grow our relationship with God, and build community. We have had over 140 girls from over nine countries be a part of our online Bible studies.
Our podcasts have had over 16,000 downloads. Our social media posts are reaching 120,000 people weekly. Our blogs, too, have reached around 17,000 people, hitting almost every continent in the world. We are looking to raise $30,000 this coming year to produce study guides to help others study the Bible, to build a team to produce more media, and to expand our online Bible studies and conferences. Our goal is to transform lives to love Jesus. You can give and partner with us today at livingrevelations.com slash donations. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and are blessed. Check out our blogs at livingrevelations.com and follow Living Revelations on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast to others if you've been blessed. See you all in the next podcast.